Welcome to uh, BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese, and uh, I'm BSing with another Sean today, uh, Sean Ritz. He is a musician, and he is, um, his project is called Surprise of the Century. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, no problem. Just tell us. I guess a bit about your project uh, and how you got started with it and all that. All right. So about like around this time last year, I started playing shows out. I played maybe like four or five in like the first half of the year. I was just uh, demoing some of my original material that I've written because I've wrote many songs over like the years. And uh, a friend pushed me to finally like go for it and go do it. So I began doing it, and I found I very much enjoyed it. So I continued along with it. I got the name from um, talking with my roommate. Uh, we were trying to think of band names for his band name, and I just thought, eh, Surprise of the Century, that, that sounds good. Sounds good to me. And then, like, later after the fact, I was like, oh, I could kind of, like, use the name to my advantage in a way, because the whole idea behind the band is... Um, a rotating door policy like anyone at any given moment from any band or they don't even have to be in a band just a musician can come collaborate with me and play a set kind of like a no commitment thing like a band without the commitment so uh i guess it's like do you play a lot of the same do you have like a few songs you you play uh over and over again just different ways with different people is that how it works or yeah, yeah, have like um, two different set materials depending on like where I'm going to be playing and what what the crowd's going to be like. I have like one uh, darker, more punker sounding set and like one more uh, poppy, like uplifting sounding set. So is it uh so if it has like a varying sound, is it hard to like draw like a, I guess a steady kind of fan base like since it's different styles like you said because like i know like usually a different fan base will be drawn to um like a certain style maybe or whatever in some ways i would agree with you yeah but because the music is different i'm able to hop on lots of um different bills with uh, different sounding people and can kind of like uh, pull some members from the audience to be into my music and like be down to come support it at other shows. So it, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but I think that it works more with me than against me. And then, like, I guess musicians or people just into music will like hearing different kinds of sounds and maybe it'll be just more for, like, I guess more open-minded people in general. Like, I believe so, yeah. I think, um... Everybody can, like, enjoy any kind of music, really. Like, if they're open to listening to the music and hearing the message that the music is about, I think that 
anyone can really enjoy any sort of style. So, um, it, I guess it makes it easier too. Like if you're the one constant member and nobody else has to commit, because you don't have to worry about always getting the same people together for a gig or whatever. And I guess if all else fails, you could even play a show by yourself with the acoustic too. Yeah, most of the times I do end up doing that because lately I've been playing a lot of coffee shop type places, but it is fun and unique to pull bands, uh, members from different bands and different musicians from different places. Like some are like, you know, classical musicians play the piano their whole life. Some are like, uh, they just make beats and stuff like that. It's uh, really interesting to see um, how these people will take um, songs that I've already written and kind of add their own vibe to it, like their own little tinge onto what's already there. And uh, how would you, I guess, uh, describe the music scene in New Jersey and what it's been like playing shows in the different venues and artists and all that? Uh, the music scene in New Jersey is incredible and I'm so grateful for having to live here and been brought up here. It's a wonderful place. There's so, so, so many places you can play. Um, we have a couple of venues strictly for music. There's, like I said, like a thousand coffee shops, uh, either open mics or booking at. Um, there's also like a hell of a house scene, uh, like a DIY house scene, house culture um, around New Brunswick and Montclair that is uh, really booming. And I think that's the coolest part about music, honestly, like the do-it-yourself sort of stuff. And uh, I guess what would you say is like the most popular style? I mean, I have a little bit. I used to play in like a grindcore band like about five years ago or so, and I, I was I was in the metal and like punk scene a little bit. But uh, I guess uh, what's like the overall style like here in New Jersey? Hmm. Um, that's a tough question. I mean, the punk and metal scene is very alive and thriving. It's very well. Um, I find most kids uh, like to listen to pop punk. That's a really popular one. But yeah, like I said, New Jersey is so vast and there's so many different kinds of people here that you can really hear any kind of music you really want if you look for it. I guess just how did you get started uh, with music and the whole DIY culture and all that? <laughs> well, um, a while ago, I actually began with guitar lessons um, in early high school um, and I had this teacher he was, he was just an asshole he was this uh, big fat man and he taught me in like a space like the size of a closet so he's taking up like most of it I'm just like you know a little frail young teenager like yeah I'd like to learn guitar and he's like you gotta do it like this you gotta shred you gotta play fast and like uh, I don't know we just didn't match very well so I actually gave up on guitar uh, after that for like a good two years and then one day just uh, picked it back up again and started going with it. Uh, that's how I got to playing, but um, the DIY culture. Um, about two years ago now, I went to this music festival out in uh, Spencer, Indiana. Uh, Planet X Music Festival, uh, Planet X Records, Pixfest. It was uh, really wonderful. Uh, my friend hit me up like a, a day or two before. He was like, hey, do you want to jump in my car and take a 16-hour drive to Indiana for three days for a music festival. It's like $40 a ticket. I was like, hell yeah, I'm not doing anything. Let's go. 
and I was just uh, blown away by what was going on there. Uh, just learning about that record label and their roots and their origins. They were just, um, you know, a couple of random 20-year-olds who started buying music equipment and making a bunch of music under different names. It's like, I don't even know, like 20 people on the label, but like 40 bands. It's, it's really wild, and I was just really blown away by what they were doing. They did it all themselves. You know, they own their own record label. They signed and booked. They are the bands on the record label. And it was just something I've never seen in music before. I was just really enamored by what they were doing. So uh, I guess there's more freedom in it, in a way, too, with uh, that approach. I would say so, yeah. Like, these people don't have to answer to anyone. Like, they're, they began to uh, try to help people who didn't necessarily have the means to, like, record and get their music out. That was, like, their... I guess like mission statement or something like that and let's see exactly what they did and I really admire that I think that's the coolest thing to do if you have like the resources and stuff like share them with your peers so I guess uh has most of the I guess the DIY scene you've had experience with has it mostly been I guess kind of maybe more punk influenced bands is that kind of like a punk uh spirit you'd say or yeah, I would say so. I would classify most of those bands as like a folk punk, like um, songs just about how things suck. They have like politically inspired songs and you know, songs about good stuff too, good friends and traveling. Um, yeah, I would say that there's a, a strong punk influence there. And um, I guess uh, what would you say like, about the songwriting process for your music and uh, what kind of lyrics, like how would you describe your lyrics? Well, songwriting was pretty tough at first, honestly. Um, let's see, about maybe four or so years ago, I made my first song. I usually make the guitar parts first. and They usually have like a, a vibe about them or a feeling about them. And then I go in and add the words, but I just let the words come to me. Like, I don't go out seeking the words or anything like that. Pretty much every song I've ever written is about um, a past experience in my life, like a moment I shared with someone or like a trip I took somewhere or just an experience that I had in general. And uh, once the words start flowing, they just go, you know, and you're able to create a nice little story. So uh, are there any songs you've written that maybe stand out, like, is uh, significant, I guess? Uh, hmm. uh, on Bandcamp, I have this demo titled Tie-Dye Cartoon, and I would say that one stands out a lot because that was just um, full of feelings. I wrote that at a time where I was just uh, pretty stressed out with, like, life and everything going on. I got my very first bill in the mail, and I was like flat broke and I was just pissed off because it seemed like the world only wanted money from me and it only like looked at me as like a, a monetary gain or something like that so I was just uh, very angry and I let the words flow right through me and I came out with a, a really like uh, fast paced kind of like reggae punk song and uh, I was uh, proud of that one it was just it just came so do you think uh maybe when people like i guess become like super successful music stars and like they're less like in touch with like 
struggles like that of everyday life, maybe their music starts to lose something after a while? That could definitely be the case. Um, I think it really just boils down to, like, the kind of person you are, you know? You could always make, like, a genuine song about a genuine feeling, like, if you remain genuine, if um, at some point you blow up and get real big and forget about where you came from, who your friends were in your youth, like, uh, all that stuff, your heritage, uh, it's very possible that you may come become uh, unconnected with these things. And uh, I guess what's your view of the music industry today and, like, where it's become and where it's going? Um, the music industry seems like a, a pretty evil entity to me, honestly. Um, I mean, it's good, it's nice, it definitely helps people get their things out there, but I don't know, it really stops uh, looking at the band as like a, a story, a group of people with like a message they want to send out, and more as like a, a profitable endeavor. And I think that when that happens, the music industry becomes something that isn't all that great. And I guess DIY culture is a good uh, second option to that, like staying away from all that, just putting it out yourself and not caring about any of that and just enjoying the experience of playing shows and meeting people and putting stuff out there. I think so, yeah, most definitely. Because it's, um, you know, it's not censored, it's not filtered. No one told them to rewrite it in a more favorable way or anything like that. It's just um, straight from the heart and it's hitting the ears that want to be there solely for the music. And that's the coolest part about it because you have people just writing from their passion. You have people like uh, receiving and accepting the music like passionately as well. And they're like, wow, I can really relate to that. You're someone I know in real life and you wrote a song that totally describes me or I totally get it and things like that. And I think that's the coolest part about it, the DIY scene is definitely where it's at, like to stay away from the corporate stuff. And uh, has the internet been helpful with that? Like, uh... Oh yeah, yeah, it'd be way more difficult without the internet. The internet is um, key for pretty much any show that I've booked or thrown. Uh, it's also a, a, an essential networking tool, uh, just bringing people together and it's like, you know, you can scroll through any of the many pages uh, concerning New Jersey do-it-yourself music, and there's people from all over the state with all their bands and all their records just uh, on display for everybody around to see. And that's a really wonderful thing, because um, if all that information is broadcasted to a large audience, then we could all help each other out. We can all go to each other's shows and buy each other's CDs, things like that. So, uh... I guess is there a negative side to the internet too with like music being more freely available or maybe people take it more for granted nowadays or uh i think that could definitely be um it's interesting i like to take an optimistic standpoint on this because um uh you could listen to music from anywhere you could listen to music from like halfway across the world you could listen to music from down the street like right off the internet which is really cool um, I would say that because of the internet and the ability to sample many different kinds of music, um, people might be influenced more by like music outside of their culture or their realm of thinking or what music they find desirable. I think that ultimately um, with the internet, it broadens horizons, but at the same time, 
um, it's harder to get noticed because everybody, everybody, everybody who's a musician has all their stuff out there. You just have to know how to market yourself in like a proper way and get the word out about your shows and your band and what the whole spiel is. But I think um, in the end, the internet's a good thing for all music stuff. Do you like like seeing, I guess, vinyls coming back and everything and maybe more people buying like individual albums like having a more of a connection with the music i guess i think so i think like an album really tells like a an overarching story like it's got songs that range from beginning to end uh it's probably going to be like the same style of music sometimes it's not but i think that usually music is typically supposed to be listened to like an entire album through um, there's a lot taken away when you don't, you know, there's album art, there's um, their thanks to everyone, there's um, all like the song tracks and stuff, like I know nowadays like it's easy to forget the names of songs and stuff if you just have them like on a playlist and you're not really actively looking at what song it is, you might not remember. So um, I guess, uh, is there any styles maybe you haven't experimented with yet or uh, that you hope to experiment with in the future, maybe artists you haven't collaborated with yet that you hope to, or? Oh, yeah, a absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, some of the people that I already have played with, um, I've pulled from many different uh, bands and styles of playing. Um, I remember the first time I played with um, a group, like people besides myself, um, my friend, Evelyn DaCosta played the congas. She plays the congas for a, a hip-hop band called Off-Key Lifestyle. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't classify any song I've ever made as hip-hop. And uh, I got Anton on that set as well. He plays the saxophone. He's got his own solo thing called Detective Tuesday, and he plays in this band called Earthfolk Dirt Funk. And at some point, I would really like to get like a, a real funk sound with like more brass and like a really heavy funky bass on some of my music. I think it would really bring some of the songs to light and uh, really do wonderful things for them. So uh, what's next with your music? Like what do you have planned for the future? Um, I really don't have too much planned because I mostly generally do it for fun. Um, I guess the next step would be to record like a, a full-length EP, maybe a full-length album. Uh, definitely like see some studio time because up until this point uh, it's all been a uh, pretty DIY stuff like I recorded the demos I have up on GarageBand and, uh, it's uh, pretty basic you know I'd like some more nice sounding things get like a sound engineer to work with me I would like to learn more about like the fundamental properties of sound just to go about music in like a more correct way so you can record it yourself more, you mean, and not have to worry about, like, a studio or anything like that? Just in that way. Um, I would like to go into a studio sometime, but, like, uh, just figure out more about, like, frequencies and, like, ways to record music better and, like, uh, just how to get, like, a, a proper sound out of the equipment you're using, whether that be, like, the amps or the mics or anything. Just get the levels properly. I would like to learn more about that. And I feel like I would only really learn by going to a studio. So, uh, I guess, what's your dream, like, of where you'd one day like to be with your music? Um, a dream. I would really like to go on a tour at some point. It doesn't really need to be that 
extensive or anything, but I would just like to travel uh, and take my music on the road with me, uh, bringing it to different states and things like that, maybe even different countries. Yeah, a dream of mine could be playing uh, in a foreign country sometime. That'd be really awesome. And uh, so, like, would you one day like to have, like, your job be more, like, related to music, I guess, if not, you know, making money off your music, like a job related to music, like maybe with sound engineering or whatever? Absolutely, yeah. I'm actually um, pursuing a bachelor's degree in uh, public relations right now. And I would like to use that at least in the entertainment field, hopefully in the music field. And um, I could work closely with um, something I'm passionate about. I think that'd be really awesome. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be my music. Maybe I could work for someone who's already made their name in the music field. Things like that. So, um, I guess any advice or anything for other aspiring musicians or um the best advice is to take no advice concerning your music because it's yours and it should come straight from you and it shouldn't be tainted by any outside view or opinion uh don't let people tell you what's good or bad about your music just make your music solely for you and you're always going to have a good time so uh i guess any final thoughts or things you'd like to say maybe things we haven't covered or um i would just like to throw it out there once more that the surprise of the century is a rotating policy and any musicians in the north new jersey area who would wish to play a set sometime maybe have like a full-time job or something whatever can't commit to like a band maybe you could commit to one show and still be able to play music for fun So, uh, yeah, I might actually, uh, do you play, you, do you have like a bass player usually? Cause like, I mean, I might, might be fun to, you know, just play bass a few sets or whatever. I've had two bass players in the past. I've had Adrian Dannon who plays, um, in Quantum Peruvian, kind of like a, like a classic rock sounding band. I've had, uh, Jason Bassner from the ska band, the Schwamm. Uh, it's always interesting to bring in new people and let them uh, work with my music in a, a style for them. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll we'll keep in touch about that. Like if maybe if you're playing like a set around here, I might want to like, you know, do a bass set or something. Absolutely. I would be delighted. So, uh, yeah, I guess that does it for this episode of uh, BSing with Sean K. Uh, Thanks again uh, to Sean Ritz for coming on and BSing. So, thank you for having me, Sean. Yeah, no problem, man. And uh, I should have more episodes coming soon. So, uh, stay tuned.